So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. All right, guys, well, we've tried the new show for a number of episodes, and the downloads have spoken. You guys love this show. Wow, I am so honored that we can do an engaging and fun and current show that agents from all over the world are listening to and learning from about what's happening in our beloved real estate industry. So we're going to keep it up. We're excited. And guys, I am in Houston, Texas, doing a site visit on a shopping center that I own. And I will not be on the call today, but I have brought the awesome Carrie Scholl to take my place. Enjoy this episode of State of the Market. Welcome, Rockstar Nation. Thanks for tuning into the State of the Market Podcast with your host, Pat Hyben and Kevin Kaufman. Good morning, Next Level Agents and Real Estate Rockstars. This is the State of the Market Update. How is everybody doing today? Look, this Pat Hyben is not here today, but Carrie Shaw, how are you? I'm here to hold down the fort. I'm awesome. Thank goodness. Pat said, he, he told me that you would absolutely make sure things go well uh, if you stood in for him this week. And I said, well, couldn't be any worse than, than him and I just kind of joking around the whole time. So um, <laughs> hopefully you'll be able to take us to the next level today. So Carrie, we really appreciate you joining us and stepping in while Pat's out of the office. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Me too. So Carrie, do, before, we don't normally uh, have, have guests. Normally it's just Pat and I. So would you mind giving us, the, the listeners and the viewers here inside the Next Level Agents Facebook group, uh, as well as the listeners of the uh, Real Estate Rockstars podcast, the, uh, the kind of elevator pitch on who Carrie Shull is and, and what your business looks like, and then we'll kind of dive into this week's topics. Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, I have a very large bump right now. I'm pregnant with baby number three. And oh, all right. People have told me I'm nuts because I have a one-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son. So that's what's going on in my personal life. In my team, I'm really proud of them. We are, we are crushing it. So last year, we did 488 transactions. And at the end of the year, we really started to gain traction. So we did $52 million in December. Whoa. Um, our highest December ever before was 20 transactions, and we did 88, <laughs> something like that, like crazy, in December. So we just are on a crazy trajectory. This year, we want to show the world that you can double even when you're huge. So we're going to go from 488 transactions to over 1,000. So that's, that's what we have going on. We're in the DMV market. So please help us. If you have uh, referrals for us, we are ready to take excellent care of them if you're listening to this today. But that's what we're up to. That's awesome. So very cool stuff. And uh, who, who is your business partner? Um, my husband, Daniel Lesniak. And he wrote the best-selling book, The Hyperfast, Hyperlocal Hyperfast Real Estate Agent. And I was sharing earlier, I mean, it is like, 
He has a photographic memory. So if you asked me to remember my first year in the business, I'd be like, it was awesome. I mean, I don't know what to say. He remembers like every detail of every transaction. So he actually walks people through how he did 22 million in his first year of business and the strategies and techniques he used to get that done. That's pretty wow. cool. That's really cool. I love, I love that he went and shared that. Well, all right. So let's let's get into it on the state of the market update. So I think I think I'd be remiss if we didn't lead with this one, and and that is the I guess the Fifty Shades of Grey house, the listing in Pennsylvania. <laughs> okay, you're laughing because you clearly saw that too. Yeah, I did. I'm like, whoa. I mean, I don't know whether I want to go to that house or run. Yeah. So, so be honest with me. So what was your initial feedback as number one, as a, as a real estate professional, but also number two is like, maybe it's just like the general public. What did you first think when you saw that? Well, so what's interesting it, for me, it was shared in one of the Facebook groups that I'm in and the outside of the house looks so normal. And I'm thinking this is a high level professional that shared it. Like what's the point of sharing this? And so it was kind of one of those, like the present on the outside, then you get to the inside so the first and, and second and like fifth time I saw it, I didn't scroll because I'm like, I have no interest in looking at this house. And then somebody else posted and they posted the kinky photo and the outside photo and were like, hey, you got to see the rest of those pictures, right? So then I started scrolling. I'm like, well, so yeah. of thoughts, I was like, how would I handle this if I were the listing agent, right? Do you? They're moving anyway, so they're going to take it down. So it was clearly a strategic move, I believe, to get a lot more attention for the house, and it worked. Yeah. Attention sells. So all of a sudden, everybody in that market is paying attention to that house. So I don't know if the lesson is we need to start setting up kinky scenes in all of our houses or what the lesson is, but it worked. Yeah, maybe we all just need to hire... Uh, I can't think of the, I don't know the actor's name, but he played that in that Fifty Shades of Grey book or movie, I should say, that maybe we can have him like pose for pictures inside of our listings or something. <laughs> or you could just use uh, like a couple whips, you know, like <laughs> spice it up. Yep. That seems cheaper, no doubt. Like I'm all about saving money too. So <laughs> that'd be great. I'll tell you what was really interesting is like, I, same thing. So I, here I am. I happen to be busy in meetings all day Friday. And I, I checked Facebook late in the day before I caught a flight home. And I was just like, why are people posting this listing? I, I thought nothing of it. And then I got home and I was sitting there eating some dinner uh, you know, at Whole Foods. And I'm like scrolling again and I keep seeing it. So my good buddy, Mark McMinn, uh, who, who is an agent in the Atlanta area, posted it. And what I know about Mark is he knows good uh, marketing. And so I'm like, okay, if Mark posted this, I'm, I'm going to click on the link. So I did. And sure enough, and of course, I'm surprised. So I instantly clicked reach out to the listing agent. And what I, I didn't realize it, I was on realtor.com. That's the link that seemed to be everybody had posted. I found out later why. So as I sent in this request to the listing agent, I actually, of course, got sent to people who buy leads from realtor.com, right? Of course, yeah. And so what I found interesting is so one of the agents wanted to talk with me about it after I said like, hey, I'm going to talk about this on the State of the Market podcast. Her name is Angela. She's awesome. Awesome lady. And her and I hopped on the phone. She said, I think you should look at the other side of the story, not just what is this like from a marketing perspective, who, by the way, she's a great marketer. and She's got a background in marketing. And so I said, uh, I, yes, I would love it. So her and I hop on the phone on Saturday and she realizes that. So from the time she opened, basically started working Friday morning all through the weekend, she was just getting pounded with leads, if you will, about this house. At first, it was like an FYI, like, hey, you know, do you know that this picture is posted? 
But you know, the general public doesn't realize that she's not the listing agent because they just go on realtor.com. Like they just, they think she's the listing agent. And so she's also getting some fairly nasty messages from people going, how could you do this? This is in such bad taste. And, you know, so she's dealing with all this, but here's the, here's the part that I found interesting. The listing was removed from the MLS, was removed from Zillow and a bunch of other places. However, it stayed active on realtor.com. And she reached out to her rep and someone else there at realtor.com. And they, I don't want to say they wouldn't help her, but the listing stayed up along with her, with her name next to it. And she's continuing to get these leads that literally at that time, at the time of her and I spoke on Saturday, I think she had already had over 70 leads or Sunday morning, I should say. She already had over 70 leads. Not one of them was a legitimate lead. And here it is like she's now basically lost two and a half days of, of productive time to responding and taking all these inquiries essentially because realtor.com would not take her name off of the listing or and they would not take the listing down unlike all the other sites so i found that pretty interesting well you know on on that note just if you look at it from a bigger picture like how sensitive are we as a society it's not like they had naked people posing that 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 house actually came down off the MLS. Like I hear your point about her getting inundated, and you know that's I get it. That's a side of the story. But from a bigger picture, like I can't believe the MLS actually took that down. Yeah. So apparently, and obviously, I don't know the rules there at that association. But from what I understand, there were some violations to the MLS rules. And I'm my guess is they probably had to dig to find the violation. A lot. They're like, like, Sex does not sell, bitches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is the best quote ever. Oh, we need to make sure we sound like that one for the <laughs> intro. And so, right. you know what? I, what I the thing to me though that was most interesting about that again, and you know, Angela made it really clear. She said, "I actually don't have a problem with this." Like they, that was a good. Like obviously, there's a lot of press that came from that, right? Uh, and as a marketer, you can we can all appreciate that. And everyone makes their own choices. And who am I to judge any of that? But what I personally found interesting is that here she is, she's paying realtor.com for, for leads yeah. uh, in a zip code. And she's essentially having to pay for stuff that she didn't want to pay for and tried to, you know, and they didn't do anything to help her, which I don't think is cool at all. Amazing read for agents who want to blow their business up. Six Steps to Seven Figures was an amazing read. Pat breaks it down into simple, actionable steps that if taken will almost guarantee seven-figure success in the real estate sales business. Couldn't recommend this enough. Wow, thank you for the awesome Amazon review, Garo215. Now, do you want to get your hands on this book for free and blow your business up? Here's how. Go to freesixstepsbook.com. That's free, S-I-X, stepsbook.com right now. Or simply text the word PAT to 444-999. That's text PAT to 444-999, and I'll send you a free book. I think that that's one of those things where a higher level person at realtor.com is going to step up and solve the problem. But if you get the random person on the phone that doesn't have the authority to actually understand what's happening, 
of yeah. course, they're just going to push you off. So I, for her, I would encourage her to go a little go a little higher up because that's a lot of money to spend for no value. For the listing agent, you guys should try and bring the listing agent on because I, if I were faced with that decision, right, of course you know you're going to get a ton of hate for putting that out. But you also have to think about what's our job as the agent. Our job is to actually get the highest price for our clients. So if you're faced with a PR situation like that and you're trying to figure out, okay, do we make them take it down to market it appropriately? Or do we focus on getting massive amounts of attention? I know Gary Vee and Grant Cardone would tell us, like, get the attention, baby. You're going to get more people talking about it. That's going to benefit your seller. And ultimately, it's our fiduciary responsibility to get them the highest price. Yeah, I, you know, I don't disagree with you even a little bit. And I, personally, I liked it. The reason I reached out to her and I just haven't had the chance to connect with her, the listing agent on the phone was because I went, that's, that's actually really genius. Like there's a lot of exposure. I mean, to get that many other realtors to share your listing on their Facebook page, I went, that's genius. Uh-huh. So, you know, great segue here, Carrie. You mentioned, you said the word. Gary V, right? So he there's this soundbite of Gary V going around right now too, where he says home ownership is out, and how if he didn't own a home, he wouldn't buy. He you know he wouldn't be buying one, and he doesn't plan to ever buy another one. He's going to lease perpetually, I believe is the word that he used. And I, obviously, a lot of folks in the industry took you know, they took offense to that statement. A lot of folks like yourself, I believe, have attended his events, uh, like Agent Twenty Twenty One, and you know I think that. Well, I guess the, the thing is that there's some shock value in that, but for me, I instantly went, why did he say that? And so I'm curious, Carrie, like as somebody who's spent some time around Gary Vee, uh, somebody who's been to his events, what are you, what's your take when you, when you saw that soundbite or, or that, you know, that headline? Well, the first thing I thought is he's copycatting Grant Cardone, which is interesting because <laughs> they have their own little relationship. I have had the pleasure of spending time with both Gary Vee and Grant Cardone on a personal, either small group. There were four of us that spent some time with Gary Vee together. And then with Grant, I went out to his office and actually did a podcast in his studio. So this exact topic has come up. And I always look at it from what's the angle, what's the big picture. So I'm going to start with Grant Cardone because I believe he's the one that started getting the most attention by actually saying that first. And he wants to own the biggest multifamily portfolio possible and go sell it to Wall Street, right? So he wants to be a market disruptor. So it benefits him to start telling the public the story that homeownership doesn't make sense because he's a rental king. Right? So I look at it and I'm like, okay, I get his angle. With Gary Vee, I don't know his angle yet. But what I do know is I just had dinner with him and he was talking about how if he decided to go into the residential real estate market, this was at Agent 2021 in Miami like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, he could be a major disruptor to brokerages because he could dominate the real estate game. Now, I don't think you would hear somebody talking about that that truly believes home ownership is going away. What I know about Gary Vee is he's a master at getting attention. So I believe that he's seeing that Grant's getting a lot of attention from these sound bites. And I love Gary. I think he's brilliant. I've adapted a lot of my business practices to things I've learned from him. But I also know that he is He's getting attention on social media. And so there's a ton of agents that are tapped into that. 
and he can cause them to be like, what? And get involved. It's just like putting sexy stuff in the house. <laughs> true. You know, true story. Uh, the, the, rea the reality is the only person that can capitalize on being Gary V is, is Gary V, right? And yeah. so for him to say stuff like that, I instantly thought too, he was like, okay, what's the other side of the story here? Or what was said before that, that prompted that part of the conversation? Uh, you know, and uh, truthfully, I only heard the soundbite and I thought, well, that, that's an interesting thing to say. I wonder why. I hadn't thought about the, the, the you know, the owning of all the multi-family stuff like you mentioned like, with Grant Cardone. Uh, I just figured there's something else there. But as a guy who loves the entrepreneur, loves the small business, loves the hustle, if you will, appears to be a great match for our industry. That was obviously a little bit, that was interesting to hear. And uh, yeah, I would love to, who knows, maybe we can get him on podcast and have him talk about that conversation further about agent you know why would you say that i would love it yeah it would be so fascinating yeah. i know i know what grant grant feels like people should invest in real estate right i've talked to him more personally about his perspective so he thinks they should invest in real estate and of course he thinks they should invest in real estate in his fund because the return is higher and it's less hassle than a single family home Right, but he's not saying don't invest in real estate. In fact, he is. He, his perspective is just don't invest in it for yourself in a single family home capacity. My personal opinion, and I know there's a lot of people that will disagree with me, but I think the general population in our country, they need some structure for savings. If you don't put them in a house, they're not gonna accumulate the same wealth and they're not gonna end up in the best financial position possible because they don't have boundaries, right? A house gives you an investment and your your appreciation is based on the, in, in the total asset, not just your down payment. So if you go invest in the fund, you're only making the interest return based on the actual cash that you're putting into the deal. A home is the only place where you're getting the return on the total investment and you're borrowing the money at a super low interest rate. So, you know, I, I'd love to go head to head with Grant and have a conversation about this. I haven't put myself in that in that position. I've just been curious and gained perspective on his opinion, but I just, I don't agree with it. Yeah. You know, I think that's really interesting. You know, what's always stood out to me is, is you, we hear agents, I've heard agents say, you know, it's the biggest investment in your, you know, in most people's life. And, and in a way that's true, but I also, I look at home ownership as the house we're going to live in. It, I don't really look at that as that should be an investment for everybody, right? Because not everybody's qualified to make investments, but on the lowest, the lowest common thing, the lowest uh, possible point is it's a forced savings account, which most Americans don't have, is a savings account, right? Yeah. Worst case scenario, even if after 30 years the home doesn't appreciate, you've forced yourself to save money, even though you paid, paid interest on it, you have forced it, and you now have something that you could sell for money if you need to. And I think that while everybody, I'm sure we could talk to 10 financial experts and we get 10 different opinions on better returns, I think we would all agree on that is better than having just rented for the last 30 years and not having a savings account. Well, and let's just be honest, like what's the average rate of return that we've seen in the stock market? Candidly, yeah. it's blown. It is absolutely set, right? So knowing that that's the situation if we're looking at the last 10 years and if we're looking at over the course of time, the investment is still, I mean, it's not fantastic. When you think about it, it's the largest financial return. So when people say the largest financial investment, when someone's putting down a down payment, they do not have to put down that much money, 
right? They're not. It's their largest investment because of the debt that they're getting on the asset. But there are people who are buying homes in our market still for like $15,000, right? They're not putting that much money down because there's programs that help them buy for a low monthly down payment. So even people who are investing in other things and they're getting a 100% return, which the average American doesn't have access to those opportunities, yeah. in my opinion, they're, they're for saving what you're talking about and they're making the money again on the full asset. So even if it's appreciating over time, I just struggle with the concept that it's not the right decision for the majority of Americans. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. I, I totally agree with you. I think you make an excellent point and that is... Uh, I think you, you've, you've definitely made your argument there. So let, let me let me throw this one last thing at you since we're talking about mortgages now. Um, yeah. I, interesting headline I saw this morning, NAR wants to replace Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And I guess the sub to that was the trade organization, uh, NAR, believes that the housing finance market needs reform to maintain long, long-term stability and provide consumers more access to capital so we can keep home ownership alive, right? And so I, I thought that was interesting because... Uh, Fannie and Freddie have been under conservatorship for quite some time now since the, since the downturn. And my understanding is just the opposite of it. Uh, the fact that whereas the article made the, made the argument that the government is supporting Fannie and Freddie, and I think that would probably be the general public's understanding as well. Yet my understanding over the last six, seven months of kind of following this is been watching Fannie and Freddie working to get out of conservatorship, going through going through district courts and uh, higher level Supreme Courts, et cetera, to get out of it because they're making money. The problem is they're, they're not getting it because they're still under control of the government. And the government has essentially been swiping all, all of those funds rather than them paying dividends or, or whatever big company like that does with their profits. Well, so first of all, let me say this. I am not a financial expert. However, when I read, when I read the headline, and when you and I were talking about it before the show, I'm like, isn't it interesting that they're not going after, NAR is not going after the government, right? They're going after Fannie and Freddie. So why is that? That's a little curious to me. Yeah. And then the other question that I would ask is why is the government still feeling like they need to keep them in this position? Is it because there's money that they're still owed and so they're trying to pay off debt that's owed to the government to put them in a different place 
And is NAR seeing a financial opportunity for disrupting that pattern of getting the government paid back, which is our taxes are like, it's the stability of our economy. Right. So what I want to know more, I feel like as the general public, we're only getting like pieces of the puzzle and we can't put it all together and it doesn't really make sense. Yep. You're, you're definitely right about that. There's, um, we, and we'll, you know, I doubt we'll ever know the whole puzzle, right? Well, we'll because there's, there's always, especially when you start talking about entities that big and then the government, um, there's always stuff going on behind closed doors that we're never going to know about. Right. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I find that peculiar as well. Uh, in NAR, obviously having a lot of pull, uh, you know, in Washington, D.C. because of the lobbying power. And yeah. so who knows what's going to happen, but I, I just found this interesting. I don't know that anything's going to be impacted in the next, I don't know, six months. But I'm wondering what will happen over the next year or two years or three years as it comes to the secondary mortgage market, because obviously that plays a big role in home ownership and the ability to get financing out to the masses. Yeah. Hey, you know, earlier you mentioned bringing someone on the show, Gary V or Grant yeah. right? I think we should email the reporter that wrote this article and ask some of our questions from our conversation today and just see what information we find out to bring to the real estate community because it's fascinating and it impacts all of us in our country. I will, You know what? That's a great idea. In fact, I will do that today. Awesome. That's awesome. So I will reach out to them. Uh, I know I saw that on Inman. Uh, so she'll be able to contact them easy. I need to go to their office to interview them. I'm in. All right. I love it. Street. <laughs> love it. Okay. Well, I'm gonna, I might call you later today and ask you to do that. So I'm, I'm going to take you up on it. Well, Carrie, I just wanted to say thank you. You were an awesome guest host today. And, I, you know, last last uh, quick opportunity before we wrap up, anything else that you want to share with us? I, I again, want to say what you guys have done is huge. And, uh, guys, if you haven't seen it yet, check out her husband, Daniel Lesniak's book, The Hyper Local, Hyper Fast Real Estate Agent. Uh, this is a gentleman that sold $22 million worth of real estate in his first year in the business. So he knows a few things and wrote it all down in this book for us to, to learn from. So I can't wait to get my copy. And so next level agents, I just want to say thank you for your time. Real estate rock stars listeners. Thank you for your time. And there's Carrie. I'm Carrie back. It just said like, you can't talk anymore. It was so weird. I, I don't know. Maybe that was the government going, you guys can't talk about this. Yeah. Topic they don't anymore. like what we're talking about. We're, yeah. we're asking questions. So, um, yeah, so I was just signing off and I want to give you the moment one more time to, to say anything uh, on your on our way out. Well, for everybody out there that wants to stay in touch, follow me on social. Carrie Shaw is my name. I would love to see you guys and I love opportunities like this to connect with industry leaders. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, Carrie. Thank you uh, so much. I appreciate your time today and I look forward to uh, connecting again and real estate rock stars, listeners and Next Level Agents Facebook members. Have a great day and we will talk to you again soon. Bye everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning into the State of the Market Podcast with your host, Pat Hyben and Kevin Kaufman. Thank you so much for listening to the State of the Market. If you have any news you would like us to cover, please go to Next Level Agents on Facebook or send an email to info at rebusuniversity.com. That's info at rebusuniversity, R-E-B-U-S, university.com, and we'll be sure to bring it up.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.